1: Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I'm the pastor of Elevation Church, and this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so we can get you these new sermons every week. I hope you're blessed today. I want you to take your hands and just put them like this. Today's going to be a special day. It's going to be a special day. I want to teach you that prayer we were singing. That prayer came out of my personal time with God dealing with my own anxiety and fear and stress and all the things that we deal with, and Holly shared it a few weeks ago, and it just gives you an opportunity to reset, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. Just take a deep breath and breathe out again. And Just repeat after me. Say, I breathe you in, Holy Spirit, and your strength comes suddenly, and your peace fills me completely. Let's pray it again. I breathe you in, Holy Spirit, and your strength comes suddenly, and your peace fills me completely. Come, Holy Spirit. With every breath, come. Come have your way. Come show us Jesus. Come teach us your Word. Come lead us in your ways come renew our minds, we're waiting here for you and breathe you in. Thank you today, Lord, for each person that you drew to be a part of this moment. I believe that it was you that made the arrangements for us to be here at this time And I believe that there's something that you are going to speak today words of comfort, conviction, healing, and instruction. We want to say to you that unless you come, we're not enough. But if you come, and we believe that you're here right now, we believe that you're filling us right now, we believe that you're doing it right now if you come, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. Thank you for your strength, Lord. Thank you for the confidence that only comes from you. We receive it now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands and thank God for his presence. I'm so excited to share these moments with you today, and I want to share with you right from my personal time with God. Remain standing for a moment, and I want to just tell you this before I tell you what I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you before I tell you what I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. Um, It's been several years since I've preached on this particular weekend. It's a holiday weekend, and uh, normally I take this weekend off. But something God was stirring in me was so strong that I felt that it was meant to be released on this particular day. And I don't say that to get your expectations too high because, you know, then there's no possible way that we could live up to it. But there is something that God has been speaking, and this is Pentecost Sunday. Now, Pentecost Sunday, you're like, do they have Episcopalian Sunday, Baptist Sunday? Does every one of these denominations get a Sunday? We're not celebrating a denomination today, but Pentecost is where the church celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit. and That was not a Pentecostal response to that. So this is definitely an interesting situation, like the least Pentecostal response that could possibly be
0: that's how we do
1: it but it's really beyond any certain tradition there's um there is a a stirring in my spirit to give you two scriptures today and kind of come right out of that song where we were singing all of a sudden now listen to this i'm going to give you two scriptures and then i'm going to have you be seated and teach what i believe is one of my life messages um, they used to come around all the time when the church was growing and these consultants would come and they'd say, you need to develop a life message. And I was 29. I'm like, I haven't lived. Mm-hmm. But at this stage of my life, there are some things that I believe God has called me to impart and I'm learning about that. And I believe this is one of them. Now, the first scripture I want to give you is from Second Kings chapter 3. You're not going to know what's going on around here, but uh, you will know when, when you need to. So 2 Kings chapter 3, just one verse, and then I'll tell you the story behind it. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by way of Edom as the wilderness. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by way of Edom, and the land was filled with water." Somebody shout suddenly. Now let's go over to Acts chapter 2, the original Pentecost Sunday. It's been 10 days since Jesus ascended to heaven. It's been 50 days since he rose from the dead. Penta means five, so it's been, it's a celebration that is in progress, but uh, the Scripture says, and Suddenly, Acts chapter 2, verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I don't think you heard me. It filled the whole house, every single nook, every single cranny, it filled the kitchen. It filled the bathrooms, it filled the living room, it filled the whole house. God told me to preach a message today and release a word to you. This is called a steady hand for a sudden blessing. A steady hand for a sudden blessing. Touch three people and scare them on your way to your seat. Say, suddenly. It's gonna come suddenly, 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 suddenly. Wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm so excited. I might sweat. I shouldn't have worn this sweater. I might sweat. I can't tell what temperature it's gonna be right here in Charlotte right now from day to day. I'm so confused. It'll change on you like that. Feel like summer one day and. Fall the next, it'll just switch on you suddenly. So so that's all right. I was even glad it was raining today because I thought it was a sign that God wanted me to preach when the rain comes suddenly. I'm serious, y'all think I'm playing around. That's not a joke. I really do think God wanted me to share this. A steady hand for a sudden blessing. Put that title right in the chat. Say, A Steady Hand for a Sudden Blessing. Now We'll talk about both of those because both are important. Write this down if you'd like to take notes. It'll give you a good sense of momentum as we begin this sermon. What we experience suddenly was usually engineered steadily. What we experience suddenly… Was usually, not all the time, but usually engineered steadily. And so, what I mean by that is, behind most things that happen quickly to our eyes, there was consistency that enabled it to happen that we didn't see. So, just for a, an example of that, one of my friends who is a professional fighter knocked out one of his opponents in like 30 seconds. And I had paid sixty dollars to watch the pay-per-view. And when I called to congratulate him, I said, "I'm so glad you won, and congratulations on the victory." But did you have to knock him out so quick? It was sixty dollars. I was doing the math on the price per second. And of course, I was joking, but he got real mad about it. And uh, and he's a professional fighter, and so it was really intimidating. But I never forgot what he said. He said, "What he said." What you saw me do with one, with one blow, I trained six months to be able to do that, and beside the fact that I trained six months, I've been doing this all my life." He was trying to get me to see that what looked like luck through the lens of my experience was anything but. What we experienced quickly… It's over already? I was just I was just getting my popcorn. What we experienced quickly was engineered through consistency. Isn't that true in your life? Since our church did grow fast, a lot of people called us an overnight success. One thing I love about the season of life that I'm in is that not only have I been pastoring this church now for over 17 years, but This Thursday, I will celebrate 21 years of marriage to Holly this Thursday. And yesterday, when my barber asked me, what's one nugget of wisdom from 21 years? I said, easy, marry Holly. That's the best thing I ever did. That's my whole marriage book. Marry her. I really do think the selection process was a blessing, but of course, I mean, we want it in one principle for 21 years. There's no one principle for 21 years. There's no one anything for anything, and yet I have preached and taught that so much out of a desire to be balanced that sometimes I think I fail to remind you that with our God it can happen suddenly. Now, I feel my faith rising up today, so I don't even need yours to say what God gave me to say. It can come suddenly. It can. And it often does come suddenly. So that's why I wrote a prayer for myself that said, I breathe you in, Holy Spirit, and your strength comes suddenly because there will be moments in my life where I need God to do it right now. Maybe you're in one of those moments today. I want to speak to that moment, if you are in that moment, where you need God to give you wisdom, and you don't have six years to study the subject to get the wisdom. The wisdom can come suddenly. Say it out loud. Let's get this confession turning in our spirits. It can come suddenly. Say it again. It can come suddenly. In the chat, it can come suddenly. No sooner can you start to think it's never going to happen than it does happen while you were wondering how it was going to happen. It can come Suddenly, and on the day of Pentecost, there came a sudden sound, a sudden sound for a people who were sitting in the middle of a very difficult and uncertain season. See, not only has it been 10 days since Jesus left the earth, but they have no clue how and when he's going to restore the kingdom of Israel. And maybe that's you. Maybe you need God to come right now because you have no clue. No clue. Just graduated college, and you have no clue who's going to hire you. The Lord told me to put a little graduation speech energy in this today, so I'm putting put a little graduation speech energy in this today. For everybody who is in high school right now and they're all asking you, where are you going to college and what are you going to do with your life? And where are you going to retire to? I mean, we start asking everybody everything so soon, before I even get a chance to know who I am, I can't even hang my middle school diploma on my wall, my eighth grade graduation participation trophy certificate on my wall before you want to know, well, where are you going to college? And nowadays, there is so much pressure. Let me rant, let me rant, let me rant. I came in on a holiday weekend, so let me rant. Let me have a little fun. Let me have a little therapy is it so is it so necessary that our kids have a 9.7 gpa in the third grade so that in case they want to go to harvard what if in case i don't want to pay for harvard stop asking my kids are you going to harvard i don't want them to go to harvard i want them to go to online school because it's cheaper leave my kids alone Somebody that's had somebody pressuring you to make a decision, just shout real quick. Leave me alone, I don't know. When y'all gonna have kids and you gonna give me some grandbabies? Leave me alone, I don't know. You can't say that to your mom's face, but you can say it in church right now. So I'm kind of reminded of what Jesus said when the disciples were like, Is it time? Is it time? Is it time? This is in Acts chapter 1. They're like, Is it time? Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And and Jesus is like, this is a great little Bible verse for everything you think you need to know that you don't know right now. And you think you can't go forward till you know everything you think you need to know. And so you are staying frozen in what you don't know. Look at Acts chapter one, verse seven on this Pentecost Sunday. Here you go. And he, Jesus, capital H, that's the big guy. That's the big boss. That's the chef in the back of the kitchen and the owner all rolled up into one. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority." This is not permission to be ignorant. It's just an invitation into mystery, because watch what he says next, verse 8, "'But you shall receive power.'" So I like this little thing. Like I don't know the plan. But that doesn't mean i don't have the power i love that don't you i don't know the plan and i don't know how this ends and i don't know when but i definitely know who see the holy spirit doesn't just give power he is power so if you believe in jesus are there any believers in the house And if you've called on his name to save you, not only did he save you, but he's stepping through every season with you, and you have power. Somebody shout power. I even need my security to shout power. Power, 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 power. That's what I've got. You got a plan? No, I got power. You got it all worked out? No, I got power. You got a seven-step strategy? No, I got power. Power enough to do what? Power enough to walk it? Okay, 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 okay. okay. I got to get back to it. I got to get back to it. He said, It is not for you to know the times that the Father has called you to trust Him with. So, a lot of times, it is not about us knowing what time it's going to be when it happens. It's about us trusting God enough that until He does show us what He's doing, we can trust Him that His hand is steady. That his hand is active. That his heart is full of love for me. And this enables me to stand in uncertain seasons. I mean, it is an uncertain season when Jesus just vanishes and you don't know when he's coming back. The disciples were like, we need to know. I'm speaking to somebody today who thinks you need to know something that you don't need to know right now. And what I want you to begin to say to yourself over the next seven days, for all of those times that you think you need to know something that God is trusting you to let him control, is just over and over say, I'll know… This is my first point of the sermon. I'm like, I've already made some points, but this is the first one I told him to put on the screen. When I need to. I'll know when I need to. That thing hit me. That thing hit me the other day because I was praying about something. Well, okay, that's very generous to call it prayer. I was worrying about something. I don't know why I wanted to label it prayer in front of you. Y'all make me want to get up here and pretend I'm holier than I am. I was stress eating about something. I really don't want to get any more honest than this about it. That's about as far as I'm willing to go with you. That's all you need to know. What were you stress eating? Don't worry about it. That's all you need to know. This relationship is on a need-to-know And so is your relationship with God. I'll know when I need to. Say that. I'll know when I need to. I love participation and response because I think when you speak something that God speaks to you, it has a lot more of an opportunity to get in you than just when you listen to me say it. I'll know when I need to. And this is what Jesus is saying to the disciples, right? Like, there are some things that God can only control, and then there are some things that you are responsible for. So, it is not for you to know the times, but it is for you to walk in the power. Now, that helps me with this, because if I were teaching this like a seminar and not preaching it like a sermon, I would talk about how desperation drives you to revelation. How desperation drives you to revelation. Some things you will never know in your life until you become convinced that you need to know them. And the best example I can give you is there are books that you bought that you never read that are sitting on your shelf waiting for you to hit a situation that makes you go pull that book off of your shelf. Hello, parents. There was a book that I bought because I thought it had a cool title about parenting years ago, but I never read it until my oldest son turned 13. I went to find that book. I grabbed the hardcover paper book off the shelf. I downloaded the digital one so I could have it on my Kindle, so I could take it on my phone. I downloaded the audiobook so the author could read it to me in their own voice, because they had a British accent, and I thought that sounded kind of sophisticated. But I didn't even… Watch. This is what I'm trying to say. I didn't dig for it until I got desperate for it. And a lot of things that we say we want to know about God, we don't really want to know them badly enough yet because we don't think we need it badly enough yet. So we approach God kind of wanting surface-level superficial knowledge about decisions in our life, but some things are only going to become plain and real to us as we get past the place of thinking that we can control it. And We'll start saying, what was that scripture Pastor Stephen was preaching that Sunday when I went, and it was raining, and I was kind of sleepy, and I didn't write it down? Did you write it down? And You'll be going to your neighbor asking, did you take notes? Because when you need those notes, I'm saying when you need those notes, put everything that I say that sounds even like it might be good at some time in the future in your phone. Because you don't know how the Devil's going to be fighting you this Friday, and what if God has given you the Word right now for the fight you're going to be in Friday, but you don't know about that fight yet? But put it in your phone so when
0: the fight comes, you will know where to go that God gave me this Word for this fight before it was ever even the first round.
1: See, I can't hit the gym and start lifting when it's time for a competition. And I'm going to be in some situations in my life where I need sudden strength. So, how do I get sudden strength? It's with a steady hand. It's going to come all of a sudden. And I believe that there are many here today who are standing. In front of something that God is calling you to walk into, but you won't go into it because you don't know what's on the other side of it. Enter Elisha the prophet. Now, this is what I got up to talk to you about on this Pentecost Sunday. Little Bible story I really love. I hope you love it too by the time that we're done. And I don't need you to know every single detail about the kingdom of Israel to get this Bible passage, please. I know some people when they get into this stuff, they're like, I feel so dumb, man. I don't know any of these Bible stories and I know I should. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't need to know every bit of the background of this just to get what God has for you from it. So here's what I think you need to know about this passage. The king of Israel, the king of Judah. So there's a northern kingdom of Israel, southern kingdom of Judah. Jehoshaphat, he's a pretty good king in Judah. Jehoram, terrible king, but his mom was Jezebel. She was really, really bad, and Ahab was bad. So he came by it honest, and so he didn't really get a lot of good training in how to do this. But he was terrible. And these two kings are with another king from Moab, and Mo are from. Uh, excuse me, I messed that up. From Edom. See, I get this stuff mixed up too. From Edom, which was the wilderness. Where they were attacking through, so they pick up this king of Edom and they're going to fight against Moab. And Moab is trying to rebel. But let me explain the situation. Let's see if you've ever been there before. On their way to go to war, they run out of water in the wilderness. Has that ever happened to anybody in here? That on your way to fight, one battle. You encounter something that you didn't plan for that weakens you on your way to war. It's this feeling you can get sometimes that I was already juggling enough. I was already struggling enough. I feel so anointed to break chains today for people. I'm excited about it. I was already stressed enough. I was already overwhelmed enough. Now this. And in the King James, one of the kings looks up, the King James version of the Bible, he looks up and says, Alas! (laughs) I love that because it's kind of like a King James cuss word. He's like, Alas! Dang it! Like we're out here trying to fight the Lord's battles and the Lord won't give us water. Now, so they marched seven days through the desert. And Edom is butted up right against the Dead Sea, so it's a dry place. So they can't even defeat their enemy without passing through a dry place to do it. And that's half the problem with us keeping our faith, is that we just don't get to show up to stuff fresh. We don't just get to show up to stuff feeling good. We don't just get to show up to our mission in a good mood. A lot of times… You will have to do the mission when you're not in the mood that you were in when you said you would do the mission. A lot of times, I have to preach the sermon when the feeling that I got when I received the sermon is sitting back in Thursday when I studied the sermon. But I've got to do it then, and I've got to do it not for my own glory, but I've got to do it so somebody can be helped. Now, now, what do you do? When you're on your way to a war and you run out of water, when you're trying to raise your own children and you are still dealing with things from your childhood, that nobody showed you how to process, that nobody taught you how to break down trauma and convert it into triumph. I mean, that sounds cute, but I don't know how to do it, but God says, you'll know when you need to know. So, even if you didn't get it when you think you ought… I mean, stop screaming because I think I'm preaching too hard. I don't think you can hear what I'm saying because you're just listening to me holler. If you didn't get it when you should have gotten it, then that wasn't when you should have gotten it. There's something about now that God knew. There is something about your future that God still knows. Just because I don't get it suddenly and just because I'm not walking in it presently doesn't mean that God isn't giving it steadily. For you see, if I look back at my life, the hymn I will sing is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee all i have needed thy hand hath provided great is thy faithfulness lord unto me great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness how did you get it morning by morning by morning by morning what's that when you need it when you need it so when you woke up this morning the grace that you needed for today was in today the strength that you need for today is in today and when you get to tomorrow there will be a truckload of what you need for tomorrow backing up tomorrow but you
0: can't get tomorrow's strength on today's praise you just gotta say god i need you right now morning by
1: morning so, so the hand of God was steady holding me up even when the help didn't suddenly come. That's why I don't like to preach suddenly, because it sets an expectation that everything that I want and wish is going to happen when I want and wish for it to happen. There are some times that it comes suddenly. There are some times that it doesn't, and in the times when it doesn't come suddenly, his hand holds me steadily. It's a steady hand. You know how the hand of God can snatch you out just like that? If you don't know that, I'll tell you. The hand of God can snatch you out of depression just like that suddenly. The hand of God can get you out of that situation just like that. Let me prophesy. Let me prophesy. It's Pentecost. Can we be Pentecostal for one single week? Let me prophesy. The hand of God can get that no good guy that you keep chasing because you don't want to be alone and snatch him out of your life just like that. And you'll be praying, God, bring him back. And God will say, I can't bring it back because I'm trying to take you forward. And what you've been calling a blessing is really a blockage. God can move stuff just like that. Like what? Like that. Shout suddenly. And just because he does stuff suddenly doesn't mean that when he's not doing it, suddenly he went away. The absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Please leave me alone. I just want to teach a Bible class on Pentecost Sunday. That's all I want to do. And that is not my original quote. I don't know who said it, but it just came up in my spirit. See, now that's that's a good example. That's a good example. How did I say that suddenly? Cuz every day of my life I try to study. So when we needed that word whew, suddenly. But see, behind every sudden blessing, there is a steady hand. Anybody who built a successful business wave at me. do not it make you laugh when they think it was sudden when it starts working? Wow, you just came out of nowhere. You blew up? No. I dug down. Stop saying people blew up. Stop saying people blew up. That makes it sound like something bad happened. Man, they blew up. No? They built something. I Promise you they did. Wave at me again if you've ever had a business succeed, or anything succeed. like you. OK, let's get the baseline down. You, you sent a successful text message one time. All right, well, there was all. <laughs> I find common ground there there were all kinds of spelling punctuation grammar all of that none of that comes suddenly we just see it suddenly and and a lot of times a lot of times not every time but a lot of times you don't even know what you're doing there until you can look back later and say 21 years because the reason I shared with you about my 21-year anniversary was to brag. Number two, to get y'all ready for our marriage series we're going to be doing sometime soon. I don't know when. I already know what to call it. I just don't know what to talk about. So the Lord will show me when I need to know. Must not be time yet. Can we get a little more open-handed in our life and let go of when we think stuff is supposed to happen and how we think it was supposed to happen and who we think it was supposed to happen through? Because when, when I went to college… Now, remember, when I was nine years old, I wanted to go to Harvard. I wanted to go to Harvard. And I probably could have done it, but the Lord had different plans for me. That's my narrative. But, but why am I at North Greenville? Remember how bad you wanted me to go to Charleston Southern? Yeah, it was close to home, and I kind of wanted to go too, because there was this girl, and there was this job and all that. But something, something… Something, come here, 21 years. Something, something was coming to Tigerville, South Carolina. That's where North Greenville is. What am I doing here? I wondered when my parents dropped me off at that college. This is for everybody who's stressed out about stuff you don't understand and you don't know. God, I wanted to go home. For months at that little school, but something, something. It must have been a. It must have been a Hollyanna Boyknot. It must have been that girl staying over there in Klein Nine. I remember the number of the dorm. I was stalking you before you knew how sexy I was. Hey. Now, how many of y'all think that while I was in those first three weeks wanting to go home, God saw this girl on the front row that has built this church and this ministry right by my side every step of the way? How many think that God saw that? I do. And do you think that God sees stuff about your life that you don't see right now? And is it possible? that you're not in a sudden season, you're in a steady season. We used to say, Will you go steady with me? Actually, I think that was in the 50s, but they used to say… I think that was the Fonz that used to say that. We used to just say, Go with me. Go with me where? I don't know. Just go with me. And Sometimes God will just say, Go with me. Go with me. I need you to take this next step, because I need to get you steady. Because, for what I'm going to do in your life that you don't know yet, if your hands aren't steady, you won't be able to handle the blessing that I'm going to send. So, even when God isn't doing stuff suddenly, He's doing stuff steadily. And when He's doing stuff steadily, I can hold on to my hope that all of a sudden, And everybody else will say, oh, it happened so quick, but you'll know it was consistent. You'll know that you cried for it. You won't have to tell them that. You'll know that you wondered about it. You won't have to explain to them how deep the questions went. You'll know what it actually cost you to stay faithful to God. You'll know how painful it was when you went to therapy and started rooting out stuff that you wanted to push back down. And They won't know, but they don't need to. What they will know is that the glory of God is on you, and they will look at your life not many days from now, and they won't know how, but you will, and you will say, it was by his hand,
0: it was by his mercy. It was because he loved me. It was because he came close. It was a divine design. See, he was connecting dots. See, they had to say no so he could say yes, so I could be here, so I could do this. They had to say no so he could say yes, so I could be here, so I could do this. I dare you to believe it. They had to say no. I speak to every rejection in the name of Jesus. I speak to the next level of your effectiveness on the other side of this rejection. They had to say no so he could say yes. So you can be here. So you can do this. Praise him for it. Praise him for it. Praise him
1: for it. Come on, quiet personalities. Get loud.
0: Praise him for it. Come on, Episcopalian. Get Pentecostal. Praise him for it. Do this. Do this! Do this! Five, five,
1: five people and say, I'm doing this. Absolutely, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. That's what Elisha said, the prophet. Are y'all ready for Elisha, the prophet? We got three kings in the desert about to die. There's somebody the devil's been telling you you're about to die. You're about to die. The dream is dead. It's over. You're dead. It's over. You won't make it. They're going to cancel you. They're going to take you out. The economy this time, your industry this time, your business this time. And This is where we need Elisha the prophet, because he knew how to do what he knew how to do until God did what God does. Isn't this good? Ah! I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. I'm gonna put this sermon up also on the basin. I already recorded it. I already preached it Friday. Holly came downstairs to say, "You want to eat sandwiches or eggs?" And I was hollering at the camera. I heard her go back up the stairs. Leave him alone. Let him work it out. And I preached this to an hour. Why? Because when, when God showed up and when you showed up, I wanted to be ready for the rain. So I preached it in the basement so I could be steady in the pulpit. You're going to love this, LJ. so So Elisha has a bad attitude because he thinks these kings should have done it differently and then they wouldn't be in this situation. Okay, if you would have done it God's way, you wouldn't even be needing this water. There are wilderness seasons that we send ourselves into. Guilty. Guilty as charged. But look at verse 14. Let's back up a little bit and get the context. And Elisha said, oh, he is a new prophet to them. They've never used him before. Elijah was the one they were familiar with. He was the new one. Elijah went up with chariots of fire, and they went to look for him. And Elisha said, you can go look for him all you want. He's not coming back. we got to figure this out right now. And the Lord will speak that to you sometimes. You can go chase down that disgruntled employee and do all the exit interviews you want to, all you want to. That's not coming back. You better get with this. You better get with this. You're going to miss this chasing that. So Elisha gives him a little speech, a little talking too. Verse 14, 2 Kings 3. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts live before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, you're all right. If I didn't regard him, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you." And turns to the other king, Joram, and says, I wouldn't even look at you. Touch your neighbor and say, I wouldn't even look at you if you weren't so good looking. I don't want you to have any fights going home. But he said, I wouldn't even look at you nor see you. Now I've read that because it's important. He's going, I don't feel like prophesying for y'all. What does feeling it have to do with flowing in it? I wouldn't do this if I were just going to my feelings. I love verse 15. The whole thing hinges on two of my favorite words. But now you can get a whole lot out of those two words. But now. That's how you got to reset in your heart. I wish I would have known it sooner. I didn't, but now I do. I wish I would have got the memo about your character three months before we met, but I didn't. But now I got the memo loud and clear. You are absolutely crazy, and so am I, and our crazies collide in a way that is not acceptable for the foreseeable future. Now I know. Somebody shout now. That was a whispered hush shout. Say now. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened. Then it happened. When the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Came upon whom? Elisha. So let's get this straightened out. We've got a need for water that nobody saw coming. Nobody knew they were going to be in need of water. They thought they were just going to war. How many are standing looking at a need right now that you didn't see coming in your life? Like, even if it's just the surgery that you might have to have, but it's freaking you out, raise your hand. Even if it's just the challenge that you feel emotionally, but everything's good in your life, raise your hand right now. I was with some pastors this week, and what they said that helped them the most, I was imparting to them and teaching them and helping them, and they said, it was just good to hear from you that there's nothing wrong with us. It was good for us to hear from you. Because there's a part of us that thinks, I'm not supposed to be angry, I'm supposed to be grateful, but I find myself getting angry, and I don't know why. So when you told us how you get angry, it helped us, because it let us know that sometimes on your way to war, you run out of water too. And What do you do when the fight is right now? But the knowledge isn't coming, and the feeling isn't coming, and Elisha knew what to do. He said, Give me a musician. And when the musician began to play, the hand… Verse 15 up. You won't believe this. When the musician started playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. How? Suddenly. But does it say that when the musician started practicing that the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha? Here's what I'm wondering. How long did that musician have to practice? How many hours of practice does it take? That if they come recruit you and say, Hey, uh, we need you in the wilderness real quick. We're running out of water. We need you to play something snappy for Elisha. It's his first chance to prophesy. He's got an audience with three kings, and if he doesn't do it right, they die. Come play. That is not the time to work on your scales. So if I bust into great is thy faithfulness O god my father there is no shadow of turning with thee all i have needed thy hand had provided his hands started playing all of a sudden we did not talk about that hymn i did not prepare him for that hymn I did not say LJ at moment number blah, blah, blah in the sermon after I say this. Get ready to play Great is Thy Faithfulness, because I need him to know that it's Great is Thy Faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. All I have needed, Thy hand hath provided. Great is Thy faithfulness. Whose hand? All I have needed, Thy hand hath provided. Thy hand hath provided. His hand. But whose hand had to practice? Is this all right? They give me that holiday energy and I got that Holy Ghost anointing. I said, Y'all give me that holiday energy and I got that Holy Ghost anointing. You look sleepy too, Scotty. I said, Your hands,
0: your hands, your hands you better be busy. You better get your hand busy. Because when God gets ready to do what he wants to do,
1: he's gonna be looking for some hands that know where to go. And that's why I'm praising him. I'm getting my hands ready. That's why I'm forgiving them. I gotta let it go.
0: So when he comes suddenly, I can't be bound by bitterness. I can't be flat. I can't be weak, I can't be stagnant. Clap those hands and get them ready. Why are you clapping? I don't have a victory. I'm getting my hands ready. I'm praising them not because I can see it. I'm praising them because my spirit shows me. I'm a free woman, I'm a free man, I'm a blessed man, I'm a blessed woman, I'm a running over kind of vessel, I'm ready, get your hands ready, get your hands ready, Catch your blessings, name them one by one, and it might surprise you, what he's already done, I'll get my hands ready. Here comes the lion. Here comes the bear. Here comes Goliath. It doesn't matter. My hands are ready. My spirit is ready. My heart is ready. I'm ready. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. He's steady. I'm ready. He's steady. I'm ready. He's steady. I'm ready. So he didn't put me in it if he didn't put it in me. He's steady. I'm ready. He's not an overnight sensation God. He's not a God who blows you up.
0: He's a God who will dig your roots down deep. I came to announce to your storm. You better pick on a different Christian because this one is ready. She's ready. She knows how to pray in a storm. She knows how to sing at midnight. She knows how to worship through a panic attack. She's ready! She's ready! She's ready! She's ready! ready. Elisha said, I don't need anything
1: to do what God called me to do, but somebody with a steady hand. God's looking for a steady hand. Now you joined the gym in January. A steady hand. A steady hand. I read my Bible today. What'd you get out of it? Nothing. I'm in steadiness school. I study when I don't see anything in the Scripture. I study when it looks like pig Latin. I study when it looks like Japanese characters and I speak English. I study because I'm steady. God, help me. Y'all shouldn't have let me preach on Pentecost Sunday. I knew God was going to do this. This is point number one. Oh, no, this just, just, just coming, man. It's coming suddenly because he was working steadily. I'll know when I need to. When I get my mind made up that I want to be set free from this addiction, God will send keys. I'll know when I need to. You tried it before. Hey, look at me, Dove's Nest. It's going to be different this time, but this is my fourth time. I'm, 40, I'm 47 years old. I didn't ask you about your age. Stop giving me information I didn't ask you for. I asked, are you ready? Are you ready to experience the person that is beneath those patterns? They keep pulling you back down, because if you're ready, God has a steady hand, and even if you fall again, that's what the steady hand is for. So let's go forward and let's flow in it. Because you'll know when you're supposed, you'll know when you need to. And this is the other thing God gave me. And we might need a part two of this sermon. But the Lord told me to tell you one more thing before I get off this stage. The prophet looked at the musician. He said, play, go ahead, play, LJ, play, 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 play. He said, play, play, play. And then it happened when the musician played. That's a steady hand. That's a man who has practiced his scales. That's a man who has learned his courts. That's a man who has learned his character. That is a woman that has learned how to apologize. A man who has learned how to say, I'm sorry. That is a trained player who knows how to get back up again. I hear you, Lord that's why Ella got that scholarship. You didn't expect it. That's why she was practicing since she was eight. That's why she got the scholarship. A steady hand, a sudden scholarship. and Then somebody will have the nerve to say, wasn't she lucky? No. She was steady. But I'm not. You're not talking to me because I'm not stable, because I'm that other person you're talking about. That's why I'm not talking just about your hand, I'm talking about his. Do you remember who was in the upper room in Acts 2, verse 2, the first verse I read you? It doesn't say in the verse. I don't know if you remember. I had to think about it for a moment myself. It said, Acts chapter 2, verse 2. it's going to come up suddenly. I promise it is. It's going to be slow, then sudden. Ooh, that's the word of the Lord. Businessman in my church. I don't even know how many millions of dollars of business he's done. He said, make sure you tell the church it was slow, steady, sudden. Slow, steady, sudden. We saved for years. We tithed for years. We lived beneath our means for years. We went through cycles. We went through the, he's a home builder. We went through the 2008 crisis and it was slow, but we were steady. And then it was sudden. And then he used the word, I want you to hear this. He said, And now God has us stewarding more than we could have ever imagined. I don't know if I remind you of this enough because I'm telling you do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. And I want you to, but what I need you to know is that God can do stuff suddenly that you had given up on. Receive it if it's your word. Put it in your phone if it's not. It will be one day, and when you need that word for your life, it will be there for you. This is how God works. He plants things that we need based on things that only he sees. Every experience that I've been through, I can look back on it, but see, I'm not, I'm not just looking back on things that I've been through and saying, that was the hand of God. I'm, I'm needing to believe forward into what I don't know that about yet so that it's not just 20 years later where I say, well, I guess it was God that sent me to that college. But it's me saying while I'm wondering, does anybody see me? Does anybody know me? Does anybody care that I'm doing this? So, back in that upper room, you know, Jesus has been gone 10 days. He rose 40 days before that 10. It's been 50 days since the resurrection. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and suddenly there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now there's a whole sermon in that day. Cause sitting in that house was a guy named Simon Peter. He wasn't very steady 50 days earlier. He fell down pretty bad 50 days earlier. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you stumbled pretty bad in this last season. The Lord said, you need to know that he's steady when you stumble. They… Peter? What's Peter going to do? He already made a fool of himself. Uh, Nothing but preach on the day of Pentecost and see 3,000 converts. Are you telling me God can't still use you in this season because you've got bursitis? Are you telling me that that credit card debt is too big for God? God, you can do all things. You are the master. Only if it's MasterCard, then you can't do… No, 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 no. God said, I'm going to help you pay it off steady, and then suddenly… One day there is going to come a moment where you will be able to not only feel your own freedom, but I'm going to use you as a vessel to bring others to freedom in that very same path that you struggle. So you'll be able to tell them. You can flush the pills, so you'll be able to tell him you can beat
0: this disorder. So you'll be able to tell him you can get set free from this pattern. So you'll be able to tell him the curse can be reversed, and he can do it all of a sudden. Sudden blessings come. Sudden winds come. Sudden rains come. Sudden floods come, sudden love, sudden healing, sudden breakthrough, sudden second chances, sudden new beginnings. Shout, sudden, in! Sun in! And suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind will fill the room and even Peter gets to preach and even you get to go forward.
1: Get your hands ready. Get your heart ready. We're not thinking about those toxic things this week. This is the Lord's day. This is the Lord's holy home. This is his habitation. You are his chosen instrument. And The Lord wanted me to tell you, you won't see wind and you won't see rain…" See, This is where the song we were singing earlier came from. Did you know this was a Scripture? The prophet told the kings in verse 17, suddenly… Everybody breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. I love that that same Holy Spirit that can make me want to shout can make me want to breathe. To be still and know that he is God or to shout that he is God, it's the same Spirit. Now, here comes the prophetic word. Stand up and receive it. Nobody moving. This is a holy moment. If you receive it, lift your hands. This is the word of the Lord. And guess what? For next Sunday, I'm going to give you the second part of this. Yeah, I'm going to give you the second part. But lift your hands. Well, next week it's going to be so practical, it's going to be so important, it's going to be so significant. But unless you get this… No symbols, please. I want you to get this so you can get that. This is going to be the foundation. No symbols, please. I want you to get this so this can be the foundation. You ready? For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind. Well, of course you can't. You can only feel it. Nor shall you see rain. Yet. I'm about to go home, y'all. Everybody say, yet. This may be the most important word of all. Get your hands back up. We're not done yet. Yet that valley shall be filled with water so that… Watch how how good God is. He went from kings not having anything to drink. He says, when God gets done with the situation, not only you but your cattle and your animals may drink god said i'm gonna do it so big your dog is gonna be drinking this i'm gonna do it so big you're gonna help others you're gonna change others you're gonna start a school with what i'm gonna teach you you're gonna be there for other people And That's why God gave me the Word, because there have been seasons in my life when I have felt so dry I didn't think I could do it. But this Tuesday, past Tuesday, I was helping pastors and telling them, you're going to make it. Now, how does that happen? Only God? Only God only God. Everybody gets to drink. Everybody gets to benefit. Nothing that you've been through shall be wasted. Nothing that you've walked through slipped his attention. It is going to come all of a sudden. Yeah, but I don't see it. You don't have to. Yeah, but I can't quantify it. You don't have to. Yeah, but every time I go to talk about it, I can't even get it up because it's too painful. Then let the Holy Spirit do the talking. Right now, the Bible says that there are groans that can't be uttered by words, and the Holy Spirit will intercede for you when you can't speak for yourself. Hands lifted. You won't see wind. You won't see rain. But the drought will end. Everything can change all of a sudden. Yeah. I feel it coming. he will come when you call his name the holy one will renew your strength all of a sudden i feel it coming all of a sudden no you won't see wind you won't see rain but your drought will end everything
0: can change all of a sudden i feel it coming he will come call his name the Holy One
1: receive this ministry
0: all of a sudden hands lifted
1: high before
0: you God come Holy Spirit here we go no you won't see wind and you won't see rain the drought
1: you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, make sure to share it and subscribe so we can get you all of these new messages as soon as they're available. I also want to take a moment and thank all of you who are a part of Elevation. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages, it's because of you that we're able to reach people all around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of Elevation, click the link in the description. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to leave a review, share the message, and subscribe. God bless you.
0: Right rug flooring.